0: Hey, it's Mike from the High Hash Rate Podcast. Just want to take a brief moment here and thank Fountain.fm for really helping us grow our podcast. I mean, this has been a a fun ride. If you are not listening to High Hash Rate on Fountain.fm, we highly recommend it. You can stack sats by listening to your favorite podcasts. So if you're not on Fountain, head on down and download Fountain.fm today.
1: Mega corporations. These mega corporations, it creates this, to- this feedback loop essentially where you just keep borrowing against your size. You gobble up the whole world and you just destroy everything. And if you can't do that, then the small producer who produces the highest value product, which is not going to be the cheapest widget, it's going to be the most quality widget. That producer is going to end up taking over the marketplace over a long enough time horizon. That's the productive class getting all of the Bitcoin in the non-productive class or the or the individuals just use leveraging their weight in the fiat world to continue to plunder and extract profit profits out of the marketplace those people won't won't win.
0: Hey everybody, this is the high hash rate podcast. I'm Mike and I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about bitcoin, life and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us and you don't have to either. But it helps. Welcome back to High Hash Rate. Uh, today we have, uh, coming back, second time, so excited actually.
2: By, po- by popular demand. By
0: popular demand. Actually, this is very true. Uh, Mr. By the hosts and guests. A- A- Eric V. Stacks. Uh, welcome back, dude. How are you doing tonight?
1: Dude, I'm doing really well. Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be back on the High Hash Rate podcast. I love been, the theme dude? of the show, obviously. Yeah. So how's Thank things been, man?
2: How was the holidays? How was did you have time off? Did you, you got news? It was good.
1: Yeah, just low key. Ate an enormous amount of local grass fed red meat. Nice and raw elk. You know, stayed present with the the wife and the kid. Are
0: you Are yeah, you still really like uh, in the grow room during this time, or are you sort of taking time off?
1: Uh, I have to bounce in and out like I work all the time, but I'm available most of the time. It's kind of this weird thing where I have to stay in proximity to the facility or wherever I'm cultivating my crops. Um, and they need things daily and I kind of micromanage the activities. But at the same time, like I can move my schedule around to have a lot of you know, versatility there.
2: Yeah, Mike, have you ever so, watched yeah. trailer we watched Trailer Park Boys? Like they, that's like the whole show is about them growing weed. And like Ricky or Julian always has to stay by the plants. You know, they gotta they gotta <laughs> take care of the plants, yeah. they gotta guard the plants from Leahy from fucking from uh, why, the little uh, mites that fuck them up. Why does it not surprise me that yeah. you watch Trailer Park Boys? A, I've never seen this. Oh, this is my favorite show, man. I've never seen this.
0: Show? Uh, so Eric, then you you like I, I think I mentioned this last time, but you this sort of fascinates me and you mentioned it on, on the most recent uh, recording you did uh of walking around in in the grow room uh you're you said like to something about too much nitrogen and it'll like if they don't get enough nitrogen it'll fade the the plants will fade i think you mentioned yeah something like that. uh-huh so was interesting to me is like that you can tell the this the feelings of the plant in a way like are you're you're really dialed into how a plant should look or feel or, or how it should produce or what it produces. I'm wondering if you, what its environment. Totally. Yeah. 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 If you had any thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing this for since 2009, 2009, was when I got came into Humboldt County and I, I hit a trim scene and I got to harvest and that was the first time I was really in person with any cannabis plants of any significance. You know, I had maybe seen one here or there in someone's yard growing up Um, yeah, and uh, the evolution of the cultivation practices has really been quite profound as cannabis cultivation has come out of, you know, the of hiding and tweaking the nutritional ratios and kind of coming up with what has been a specific blend for cannabis now, since we carry over a lot of hydroponic practices from, you know, tomatoes and other crops into cannabis. But over the last 10 years is really where a lot of innovation has taken place and, Being able to send like lab study, lab tests, lab samples to the, you know, tissue samples to the lab and get data back like we can nowadays really accelerates one's learning curve. So I have my nutritional ratio all really well dialed. And as I tweak it crop to crop and from strain to strain, you can see different physiological responses in the plant. Yeah.
2: Um, That leads, that's a really good question, Mike. And it leads me to a, a similar one, which is what are the, what are other crops or what are other things that farmers, uh, grow, right? That they're this kind of in tuned and they pay this much attention to at like such a micro level. I mean, wine is kind of like a similar thing where it's the, everything's got to stay balanced. Um, you're always, you're having to feed it the right nutrients or, uh, just really monitor it closely. And because of that, like you, there's this relationship that, you have as the the farmer or the consumer uh with this plant that's like different than corn or it's different than flowers in the garden right like it's there is a really there's like a symbiotic like a deep connection between people and plants especially and you see it really really concentrated right like in something like cannabis do you think that there's something like do you think there's something to that
1: yeah, I think it's more artisanal, though, like if you have these fiat mega farms is where you have a detachment, I think, from whatever it is that you're creating or cultivating. Um, I there's a lot of farmers that produce food locally on a small scale all over the country, really, that put that same have that same touch. They're in rhythm in in, in that same way that you are for people yeah. who do a really good job cultivating crops on you know a smaller scale
2: and you th- I, so i you know, I, th- I wonder if it's hard i don't know how you'd measure this uh, i don't know how you'd test it but i wonder if there's just more value if that food is more nutritious you know like the the more you take care of your weed and are thoughtful and deliberate about how you grow your crop the better the weed is the better how the high is the better the experience is and the the, be- the you know the better the energy that, yeah yeah the better you yeah make wine, the better you grow this food on a small scale, like the better nutrition or the better value or experience the um, consumer gets, the end consumer. Mm, Totally. Yeah. You have all the obvious stuff that you need to do for whatever
1: you're, I don't know, producing. You need to do the right thing on time. But I do think that there is more of a metaphysical thing taking place. You know, I have a good, uh, a lot of friends that cultivate and it's interesting seeing how the market will respond to some people's product who i would say are more angry in nature and kind of have more of a negative outlook on things and it's very fascinating actually for 10 years now i can think of one individual that at times i think that he just is a little angry and it reflects in his product he has nice product but it almost seems like he has this vibe where his product goes in the marketplace and in this weird metaphysical way the vibe is imprinted in the product and then he creates that experience for himself where the buyers are assholes and he doesn't get paid (laughs) enough and his stuff is really good he's all fucking pissed about it you know and i feel like honestly he's kind of like whether i you know yeah i feel like he's creating it for himself honestly and i get a lot of feedback because you know i'm a pretty positive upbeat person um and a lot of people tell me that they prefer to smoke my product over others You know, I have one, I have a a handful of people who think that it makes them more, it helps them hit a flow state. Like two people literally say it's like, it makes me smarter, but they're like pretty specific to, to, you know, or partial to my product. Are you, are you
0: consuming your product?
1: Yeah, I actually have, there's very few people's product that I will smoke. So if I leave town or I go on vacation or do things like I, I don't go, I can't, I just, yeah, I don't really smoke other people's product. There are people who I know produce across the country that do a really good job and i would smoke their product but generally like i'm not going to go and just buy it, the average bag and smoke it
2: right it, yeah it's these uh the people your the your customers of your product the the people the products that you would actually buy from and smoke yourself like the the relationship that you guys have between product and consumer uh or company and customer it's it's like a, it's a deep connection right like if it's uh something like this uh, it, it's it is peer-to-peer communication in a very primal sense and you can communicate a lot more yes. information by the what you're growing and selling to people and this vibe that it gives them, this experience it gives them then you can probably have in a conversation with another person like all the words you could say doesn't communicate as much information as much value as providing this uh you know Cannabis in this example <laughs> for people to smoke like, like you, they come to you for a reason, right? Like it's this communication. Um, there's more, you know, there's other forms of it, you know, cooking for somebody. Uh, and like totally. they you know, they talk about the love languages, right? Like, but stuff that you actually grow and create, cultivate in it. Yeah. And, you know, and I it, the relationships like- that you have based on that, right? These yeah. important, these important, um, you know, ways of communicating are the strongest relationships and like bitcoin kind of fits in there with these other avenues of sharing a whole lot of value with somebody else totally
1: yeah and i think that unfortunately there is this fiat commoditization and like predatory business nature where i think the more thoughtful spiritually inclined people are the people who who are aware of those things or even think about those things. I think, unfortunately, you know, when I think about cannabis specifically, unfortunately there is, there's a lot of just, just commoditization and request for some, some decent THC for cheap, you know, and then, but it seems like as time goes on, that has been stabilizing somewhat, you know, there's definitely been a big boom bust element with cannabis in states that go legal. It's all this mania, there's all this production and then there's not enough right. demand for all that production. People go out and of it, business.
2: And it happens outside the cannabis industry too. Like think about, um, you talk about this fiatization kind of, of the industry. Uh, you have this subpar product like Bud Light and, but people <laughs> consume a lot of Bud Light, right? Like it's, it's something that they're drinking it's, a lot yeah, of, they're Walmart spending a lot of, of money on their hat it's an experience for them, right? It's, but they've chosen the cheap one that gets the job done and yeah. then, but they still, there's that still, <laughs> there's still that relationship to the, to the person selling the product, the company selling the product, because you want that. You almost feel like you want to be in a line with them in terms of values, because look at when they put the trans person, Dylan Mulvaney on the Bud Light can dude. like the, the, the whole their customer base revolted that company is in dire yeah. shapes and they're not recovering um and it's just what people think why would you care what they put on a bud light can <laughs> why is this like make you so mad and it's like dude these people have it's a relationship it's a symbiotic relationship yeah
1: and,
2: yeah, and I violated think the want... other's trust
1: yeah and they want i think people want to know what they're getting uh, yeah, you know they want that right. consistency. That's one thing I, I've had to really hone in and, in my world, and why I just stick to I bulk wholesale product to the same distributor for many, many, many years. They take it to retail, and I just make sure that I do the best that I can to produce a consistent product, which is actually kind of hard to do when you're cultivating crops. Yeah, there's a lot of variation. There really is, to do, especially throughout the seasons, time of year. Even if you're in a climate controlled facility. The facility is like a living machine, a living thing. It behaves differently when it's 85, 90 degrees outside than when it's 40 degrees outside. So yeah, consistency. I think people want consistency. Is there, so that's, is, what I think, why they, yeah.
0: Is there a, you mentioned like a fiatization of, of uh, plants, basically. Is, is there a fiatization of wheat? Is there, is it like mass yeah, produced well,
2: in, in some sort of fiat? matter yeah that's what he was saying that like the huge suppliers to just give me the high thc count uh, i don't so care I, like, think, I
1: think yeah but it's everything <laughs> it's comments. it's it's the it's the if you have monetary inflation expansion of the currency supply at whatever the number is seven percent ten 15 percent and you're a business and your cash flow doesn't increase by that same percentage your business took a haircut and so then what you're incentivized to do is, is figure out how to squeeze more margin. It's per, trying to squeeze perpetually more margin out of everything while, you know, the requirement to get that margin is there. But in reality, we live in a deflationary world. It's just the two fundamental forces shredding and shitifying everything. And I think it's yeah. in, in everything, you know, I have a a 2024 diesel. Dude, I'm grateful, super pumped to have this truck. Don't get me wrong. But gosh, it is not like it was in the '60s. It's just all uh, plastic, pleather, right. rubber crap. It's just crazy, really, right. to think about the technology we have and how some things are just so crappy. Basically, I want to go
2: back to yeah, uh, yeah I want to go back to where you're talking about, just like even the facility and the the, the grow house or whatever, like it acts different based on the temperature outside. I was gonna ask, like, if you were gonna have somebody like an apprentice, then they were gonna take over for you do all of your duties for two months um and you had to do it you had no choice like could you leave them a checklist of things to do would that be enough or is like do they have to have the experience they have to be able to sense these changes or these issues uh that you just can't measure or write down on a checklist to check for or could it is it is it just like follow these instructions and this will turn out as well as it if I was here.
1: I would say that things are standardized enough today. And with technology, like we track everything. We have sensors in the root zone that tell us the water content, tell us the salinity of the, the nutrient mix in the root zone. We have pressure compensated drippers. So every plant gets the exact same amount of water. We have dehumidification heaters due to all of it. We have total control over everything. But I think in ter- I think of it in terms of it's a symphony, and you, as a conductor, only know you need to know what it sounds like. You have to be really experienced. You need to know what it's supposed to sound like. You need to know what the plants are supposed to look like, because things can spiral out of control. If you're, that's, I think what I find very challenging is is when I'm trying to help people who ask me questions is they want like an answer like run it at seventy five degrees, right. run it at this humidity. But as things change, you have to make adjustments across the board to accommodate for that. If one of the instruments is out of tune, I may have to retune the whole orchestra to get get it to all be in harmony and to harmonize. And so if it's warmer and it's drier, there's more transpiration demand on the plant. If there's more transpiration demand on the plant, I'm going to lower my feed, the concentration of the nutrients that I'm feeding, so there's less osmotic pressure. It's easier for the plant to pull the water up. And so you're making adjustments constantly based upon what is happening with the plants. And also we live in a time because of the economic pressures where you have to be really efficient. And if you have to be really, the way to be the most efficient is to give these plants high food, high light, high CO2. It's like driving really, really fast. And so you can wreck the crop really easily. Like I could have the crop wreck if it didn't water for 10 hours. Like basically if I miss one day of water and I have irreversible, irreversible damage, a half a day of watering. Yeah. So you could do things differently. Like I could take a much less aggressive approach, but you don't yield as much. And
2: right. It's a different so it's, it's, of practice. it's, yeah, right. And it's, yeah. before you had all this technology and all these monitors and measures and everything, uh, people that came before you in this industry, right? Like they had to learn all of this, um, all these techniques. They had to learn about the plant, like their relationship with the plant growing it through generations for the, cause this is their profession, totally. right? It is, yeah. it is what allowed them to enhance the plant and enhance the value they're getting out of the plant to the point where we're at today with like the powerful, um, you know, breeds in just the, the high THC count and just the great experiences. Um, it's like kind of like what you're talking about in the, almost the the theme of the last episode, right? Like ascending to a higher consciousness. Like it is through interacting with this plant and using the incentives uh, of the, the system of that, what you want to call the marijuana or the cannabis plant, the system. Um, it's like put, not just not just the act of smoking it, but the act of everything of all this interaction to cultivate it is like putting you on a higher frequency and um, of consciousness, a higher stream of consciousness, the whole process. It's not just the smoking it, right? Like it's the whole relationship.
1: Yeah, for me, cannabis has been one of the largest cat, like, I guess you could say the main catalyst to like bring me in, uh, to into a way of living that is much more in tune and harmonious with nature. Um, I've learned a lot about life through cannabis, as far as, you know, how, how, how nature works, the microbial ecology in the forest floor and how that's similar to our digestive system in the seasons you have, things are seasonal. It's kind of get, you know, pre Bitcoin cannabis helped to, to lengthen cultivating cannabis helped to lengthen, or lower my time preference. Uh, I've always been far sighted as an individual, but cannabis really helped me cuz you know if I do it it's 100 day, 120 day cycles. Um, you know, so as a producer I get paid uh, when those crops come in. So it kind of rewires how I think about time. I don't think in terms of weeks so much or months, I think in terms of crops. You know, I get five crops a year, so I break my year into five chunks. It's kind of like lowers your time preference a bit kind of interesting um but cannabis is very medicinal and it has you know it affects everybody in different ways but i do think it has this like modulatory effect in this like and em- it strengthens your empathy it's like an enhancer it enhances a lot of things and for some people it enhances things that are too much and they don't like that you it enhances know but the I, taste
2: of food Enhances it sex, does enhances it everything.
1: does yeah
2: you
0: No, know, something pointed out there is that you kind of live in like a a slower life than the rest of us, if you're living if yeah. your crops go at a five you know that the cycle is five, five cycle you know in the year you'll know,
1: the yeah, closer to every it, ten weeks every it ten physics
2: in physics the the closer you are to a large mass with high gravity, the slower time is mm-hmm. right so it's it's like this the closer you get to the earth uh and the land and the the slower time basically what you're doing it's slower time It's slower your time preference gets for Well, it's oscillating at like
1: it's oscillating at a lower frequency i was listening to this you you know on youtube some sailor and and friedman popped up earlier today actually while i was working on some stuff and he was talking about you know low frequency property, like the buildings, Manhattan, you got Manhattan's bedrock, and then you got the buildings on top of it, that's a much higher frequency property than the businesses inside of the buildings or even a higher frequency property. And now you have this, this bedrock, the cyber granite, hardest substance in the universe, but you can oscillate it at a high frequency there's a monumental breakthrough but yeah that's <laughs> so that's what comes to mind <laughs> and so yeah i think i you know it's interesting though when you say that because it kind of does ground my you could say it grounds my life and my perspective into these into more of the seasons i got summer spring fall winter and it's not this every two weeks i get a paycheck from my fiat job Oh wow, good point you know you're 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 thinking on these smaller
2: loops um it's kind of different yeah it's and you can slow it down even further to a lower frequency when you start to get to like generations and it's like starting to really be a, a contentious issue in politics and culture the generation gap between boomers and millennials and gen z and gen x and the the similarities that you have with somebody else from your generation and just the different perspective from somebody, one or two generations below you. And even further it, everything about the culture of like the boomers is, is just different from the zoomers and they religion music. It's just, they cannot, they're just on totally different frequencies, totally Totally different, uh, like grooves on the, on the record.
1: Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with digitization. You know, I mean, I think I sure. was in high school when I had my first flip phone that I could shoot text messages on, you know, was a senior sure. or so. Yeah. Same. Yeah.
2: It's- the internet. I mean, so the like- kids
1: nowadays, I can't even, I have, a, I have a brother that's 10 years younger than me. So he had an iPhone in high school. And so there is this difference. Like I experienced, <clears throat> I experienced resistance to digitization, up until bitcoin then i was all in then i trusted it but like there was a period of time where i kind of still enjoyed writing checks because i was of the age of 39 years old i was i was right there as digitization started to really take effect
2: um yeah you know what's crazy to think about if you're a millennial i think this is true like we're the last generation that doesn't it's not gonna see like hd 4k quality video of their great parents and grandparents at their age <laughs> that's true totally and like that's yeah. a crazy thing to think about although right? we never like, saw film. think Absolutely. about the empathy think about the empathy you might have for that generation we didn't grow up with eight yeah. millimeter with 16 you can millimeter, see
0: that. that's one thing right
1: totally yeah i was just going through boxes of family photos so i'm kind of the responsible one in some sense in my family and i end up inheriting all this stuff and i take care of these things And I've talked to my wife about this kind of a lot recently, how awesome it is that we can just make just essentially endless footage and it's invisible and you just store it in this little hard drive. And that's a, that's an awesome thing. I just like, yeah, Yeah. I wish I could look at video footage of my parents talking when I was younger, carried around in a floppy disk or something. Uh,
2: You can use uh, it to uh, compress. Yeah. Dan, I just want to point
0: out you, you, you make such an interesting point here. The, that each generation, has, uh, like sort of a visual signature, you know, they be based on the technology that's available to them at that time.
2: Right. And it informs their perspective, uh, and it, just the way the, the imprints that they had from the frequencies, like the, the, the pace at which time passed them by and information overloaded them it's in the type of information that it was back then. And I guess, again, like I said, at the frequency that it was coming, um, it's hard to identify with a, somebody who grew up and spent the majority of their adult life before the internet. Like how do you, you know, the, <laughs> like right. that's crazy to think about now, right? Like not spending spending their first 50, 60 years on the planet. That, like that'll not be like the Jimmy Google. Kimmel
0: joke, you know, of, the, of right. in 80 years it's like this guy's from and those the, the and internet. those are the people in
2: charge right those are the people in charge of the, the world right now <laughs> people who grew up without the internet can't send an email that's, that's crazy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's a, i think there's a fascinating thing that comes to mind when you say that though where i think there are a lot of people who are evolving uh they're hanging with the times there are a Absolutely. lot of boomers that that run digital businesses I think is Bitcoin makes more sense to them. I think that there's this fascinating thing, though, where like we I feel like there's a lot of cognitive bias or like blinders or resistance against adopting new things. And I kind of think that it's like, yeah, no, I lost that one. I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll try to reformulate like this, that one later. Maybe, maybe no, it's, it's a... a, a
0: it's the connection between like the real and the not real like the 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 more f- fiat you get like the the less real you become you know it's um you said people evolving into uh into something are they evolving into fiat or are they evolving into real and if you evolve evolve into the real you have cer- certain properties you feel a certain way you might even become
2: uh uh yeah but it's 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 very hard right like so the like a boomer right that wants to fit in with a millennial for example right they can learn the lingo they can dress the right way they can listen you know show up listening to this hey taylor swift music whatever um they can appear almost you know on the surface to be trying to fit in and to be paying attention to the culture but the it's easy it's it's easy it's easy to see through it if it's not genuine because the the things you went through in life the things that sh- shaped your identity what, like yes. 9 11 right you know things like that the the war on terror etc uh those things shaped you and your in your experience and you can't fake those things um you can just kind of change your superficial appearance um, so some people do that and some people genuinely do kind of have a good relationship and are kind of in touch with the the generations above and below them but those are like usually really successful people and they're pretty rare
1: you know what it is this is what i think it is i think it's there's too much noise it's the fiat noise so as these noise. older generations i know a lot of people that are old that are really tech savvy but i just think there's so much fucking fiat noise that there's this intuitive resistance to some of the stuff taking place and then there's a little bit of a cognitive bias around hey my time was better but i think actually it's like runs in tandem with like our detachment from gold, in a sense, over the last 100 years, mm, as, the, as the fiat right. has just grown farther. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it is. I think people are yeah. capable of evolving and learning with technology as it, it takes place. And I think that generally speaking, people are there. But I think it's just there's so much distortion. You know, it's another thing I think that I think generally, politicians, and like the people who are really angry at the world kind of look stupid in some sense, because they're trying to make sense of something you can't make sense of. Right. And that's and that, that's the distortion. Oh, of course, it's all the yeah. noise. It's all this crap. And so
2: it's all the yeah, noise. It's the narrative. That's what you're talking about. The narrative. There's people trying to make sense out of the noise and out of the chaos. Well they're trying, they're trying to give narratives. a narrative to just the Cons- sheer yeah. chaos. Yeah. And that's it's what sheer, sheer that's chaos. where conspiracies come from.
1: Yeah. You can't make sense of it. I can't I can't articulate to you in some clear, coherent fashion. Right. Why the Keynesian model is the way it is. Like, who we're listening to? Dude, you listen to the fucking Jerome Powell? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, this, this is, yeah, it's a, it's a truth. Yo, you can't make sense of it. He's, he looks like a fucking idiot because he's trying to make sense of something that you just simply can't make sense of.
2: So but that's, the, that's what, yeah. Yeah. The people that um, focus on the signal or can find the signal um, and see through the noise, right? Like, you can kind of, when you find people like that, when they're tuned in like to Bitcoin, for example, or you meet people that are like as into the cannabis industry as you, right? It doesn't kind of matter what generation they're from. They've, if you're tuned into the right signal, it's kind of this connection between time, you and somebody else at a, from a different point in time. If you focused on the right things, um, real value, just the anti-fiat basically. Um, yeah. You can connect with somebody from any time and you, you'll, you'll understand each other. It'll be like, uh, it's like somebody's an old soul, like a young person with an old soul. It's just because they're, they're typically tuned into the right signal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
2: Dude, some, something I, w- I do want to
0: say, I, I had this thought, uh, cause you were kind of mentioning that gold is, was this ground, this anchor, I guess, for society, for civ- civilization. So I guess in that way, Bitcoin is kind of, digital gold it's an anchor yeah it's a tether yeah but the, but the meaning of digital yeah. gold is so much more because it is a, it is that anchor of i owe you this and you owe me that depends on what generation you're from yeah from.
2: depends on what generation you're from if you're from the generation that grew up valuing gold then that's it's going to make sense to well, you. well it's transitioning if you're sure. if yeah you, well with our kids with someday, gold though there's still
1: noise It's th- there, there's still noise it's not solid right. like it's still shaky it's it's a shaky thing to tether yourself to but it because of its properties it was the least shaky thing that mm-hmm. we could use economically and then that's where it's so fucking fascinated with bitcoin that it's just like total solid ground i think about it in terms of it's like uh it's like a constant that just got introduced out of nowhere in a world that was just full of variables. It's like an algebraic equation that you can't make any sense of. I can't solve for any of these variables because there's no constant in this equation. And now there is, and it's fundamentally a different reality. It's, yeah. Yeah. You can dude. make sense of it. You ha- you can see fucking clearly now. It's like, yeah, so it's a trick It the, really is.
2: Thinking about what we were talking about earlier with the relationship to cannabis and and you or cannabis and the grower and replace it with bitcoin like what is it about our interaction with bitcoin our our usage uh going down the rabbit hole what are what aspects are catching us and um, teaching us essentially about ourselves and about the world around us the way that we learn when we're growing a crop or farming it's like that you know what I th- it's proof of yeah. work yeah you
1: know I, I know a lot of people in the cannabis business that work can have, be abstract yeah i gotten chewed up and spit out well it's got a high marginal cost of production it's a lot of energy it's an energy uh intensive product to produce and i know a lot of people who have kind of looked at their crops and and kind of treated them from in this sense of like fuck you pay me and the plants don't respond well to that and you can see it in the product and there's you know, it's like, yeah, there's, there's in a competitive market where you have so many people that are producing hand-trimmed boutique product, you can't really just machine trim some crap and pull a fat margin out of it. So it's, it's a high cost, can't it's a high energy that. input to produce it's inherent. This thing. Yeah, The value is inherent
2: yeah. in the product, just like the, um, the generation you're from is inherent in your behavior, just in- inherent in who you are, your identity. Some things you can't fake, right? Yeah, it's just um, the chain with the chain with the most work doesn't matter how many blocks are in the other chains. It's the chain with the most work.
1: Yeah, it's evolving too. The, the thing that's fascinating with cannabis is we're getting more efficient. Just like we have to get better, we have to increase the computing power of the ASICs, and we need to find more renewable energy. It's a similar race with cannabis. You know, if you want to be able to produce more for less. And what's really fascinating too is as is, is more, is more people and more producers, artisanal producers, or just small business people of every sort, start putting a big, start living on a Bitcoin standard, they then are incentivized to continue to produce the highest value product as opposed to try to figure out how to per- squeeze a perpetually larger profit out of a deflationary world. So, and you, I think you, about that a lot. I do think that Bitcoin is going to usher in a lot more quality, high quality small farming, and, and just small production of everything. You know, how yeah, can I you be gonna, a producer? Yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, like, are I, I we 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 ask questions like, how can uh, Bitcoin help cannabis farmers or help the cannabis industry or how can they it can benefit that? But I think we're still learning. Are figuring that or a- answering that question? I don't think there's an answer yet. I think the more people who are in the cannabis industry or any other industry learn about and study Bitcoin, the more they can find ways to use Bitcoin, whether it's accepting payments or mining, or maybe just maybe something much less um, on the layer uh, layer one, just like something more abstract that you learn from Bitcoin. It's it can help the cannabis industry, like what you talk about in this commodification. Yeah. Um, use less energy over time, use less resources and, and still create and have a higher yield. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's thing get more that, efficient,
2: really, it's a long way of saying this get more efficient.
1: Totally. Well, and then also you need to be able to, if you can't, if you can't put your surplus, if your surplus is dwindling, you need to be able to put it into a treasury treasury reserve that is appreciating faster than what your wage deflation is, because then you can still get wealthier as your as commoditization takes place and you're you're producing your product to the point of dropping it to its marginal cost of production. It's like Jeff Booth's work comes to mind. And without a Bitcoin standard, producers of everything over a long long enough time horizon are fucking toast. So that's the the biggest thing that I think the cannabis industry and really all industries need, you know, with AI, it's kind of just like, what was it? the, the, The elevator, you know, operators like those people in an inflationary world with a dollar system they need a deflationary money like Bitcoin to hedge themselves against the flat fact that their jobs are being replaced. And so, yeah, I think that's just the most important thing. You need to be able to have a solid you really point out reserve. That you,
0: you really point out that, uh, uh, Bitcoin brings back quality basically to all industries.
1: Yeah. Well, it allows you to, to produce quality and survive. And actually I do also think that it rewards, the person who brings the highest value over a long enough time horizon, especially if we lose the fiat leverage that's available to these mega corporations, these mega corporations, it creates this, two, this feedback loop essentially where you just keep borrowing against your size, you gobble up the whole world and you just destroy everything. And if you can't do that, then the small producer who produces the highest value product, which is not gonna be the cheapest widget, it's gonna be the most quality widget, that producer is going to end up taking over the marketplace over a long enough time horizon. That's the productive class getting all of the Bitcoin, and the non-productive class, or the or the individuals, just use leveraging their weight in the fiat world to continue to plunder and extract profits profits out of the marketplace. Those people won't won't win. while we have fiat there is this interesting dynamic where you're at a game theoretic disadvantage as a producer who's not public in borrowing money and diluting your your shares and running your business at a loss you know and so and actually it's interesting too with the the accounting changes coming in for corporations, I just see this fascinating thing take place where it's just at one sat at a time, one business, one individual, one corporation, one nation state, it's slowly bringing liquidity back into a solvency, back into an insolvent system, you know? And so you're incentivized to just produce a nice product, stay in business and stack sats. And it doesn't matter what scale you are, the individual to the nation state and everybody in between. And so, and I think it's going to happen. It's happening at a hyper rate, honestly. Um, there, I see it all in, in all areas of Bitcoin. There's all sorts of people producing cool stuff. And it brings back hope. You can, you can be a small producer and do your thing. And, and as the world gets harder, as long as you can save, even if it's a little bit, you have a thermodynamically sound place to put it. And you can project that into the future. You can hedge against future un- uncertainty. Now you can just live a simple life. And you don't have to then be a hedge fund manager and and put all this bandwidth in, into having a diversified portfolio or paying some hedge fund to manage your, your money. You just put it into Bitcoin. You you put all that extra energy in just doing what you like, creating a good product or service. You save it. It's a big deal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a good way. It's uh, Bitcoin saves small businesses. It saves uh, mom and pop cottage industries it saves artisans it saves artists it saves entrepreneurs from being yeah. uh, you know swallowed by the machine swallowed by the becoming a cog in the machine
1: yeah sometimes i have a debate with i have an ongoing debate with a buddy and so and we get to the sticking point where he's just like oh but these big large evil corporations will just keep doing shit. and i and i say back to him i'm like hey hold on why don't we live in the roman empire He's like, ah, well, and I'm like, well, you can't get too big and sustain that size forever. It's an energy in, energy out right. world, and these corporations have this fiat leverage available to them. It's an unsustainable thing to think that they can just plunder as these mega corps in perpetuity. It's not real. It's and it's so, like, but also that's it's an like all, of our it's 90 all year old politicians we know. Though just
2: taking Adderall to stay alive. <laughs> yeah
1: but it's all we know so like you know i'm and i'm talking with this guy he's a couple years older than me and as far as he knows he's just seen big corporations just wreck the fucking world around him so he has a tough time seeing outside of that so and i think that that's like yeah it's this cognitive bias it's almost like it's these it's trauma induced from the traumatic reality that we live in really all predicated on the physicality of property is the way that i look at it You know, the physicality of property just creates this game theoretic fuckness for all of known history where like (laughs) you're you're perpetually stressed out about like, how do I maintain my stuff? And now that we have magical metaphysical property, you can kind of just
2: not worry about that so much. Yeah, it it separate it. Bitcoin is kind of like this. um, It destroys the state. But not through war or violence like it just teaches everybody who learns about it like oh all i have to do is opt out and totally. that's it and that's it you've opted yeah. out of the system you don't need the system anymore and you it's it's a process you don't learn that overnight and then once you do learn that you can just opt out like opting out actually doing it takes time some people takes longer than others but yeah it's slowly getting us all on the same fucking vibration of like is. that opt out, right? And we're slowly kind of coming. That's one of the beautiful things about Bitcoin. You talk about this, like everybody getting the same vibration is people with different political and ideological views, seeing the world from totally different perspectives and, and what's the problem is and how to fix it. But they kind of accidentally bump into each other at the solution, right? Like when it comes to the energy yeah. industry, like nuclear, realizing the nuclear is we have to focus on nuclear and that's over, you know, wasteful investing in wind and and solar has been a problem so we have to they're getting to the same conclusions about en- energy getting to the same conclusions about economics and, uh, totally. and politics from totally different sides it doesn't yeah. matter what where it doesn't matter where you start or where your perspective is based on how your age or your geography we're yeah. all winding up at the same solution of the same vibration
1: yeah you know i think it's the uh it's like the it's like the largest thing that we've ever all agreed upon it's like the Mm. biggest largest mass truth
2: since god honestly that's crazy (laughs) to say
1: well i i think it's even more profound than that in this sense that like religions are all kind of different you know they're all speaking to the same same fundamental forces but there's distortion it's not the same thing this is there's the least distortion in this belief across the whole species and in our civilization, I think it's the largest thing that we have are all consenting to, you know. In right. this, like, it's
2: like math, everybody agrees mm. two plus two is four, mm. well, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and, and in some,
2: yeah, and so, and religions are the attempt to get all the people under them to agree to the same thing. Oh, good, good point. Good, it, good, yeah, yeah. If, if you know, if you if, if everybody in the world agrees on something, then that's a way to navigate pretty much everything like you could you can navigate any sort of conversation interaction communication with another person if you guys agree yeah. on the same things so the more things you yes agree like on, and the bigger things you agree on the more important it is
1: totally well and this is like the most important thing that you could agree on and in some sense it's like calibrating us you know and like what case says comes to mind that it's the ultimate form of law and now that you have this thing that's like indisputable truth at the largest scale that you can have any narrative amongst our entire civilization and if you want to talk about the metaphysical or the vibrational element of that we're all tuning to the same we're all agreeing it's like i think we all live in our own our own personal realities but there's this consensual reality this mass reality we're all consenting to and it's the most clear, I think now, you know, especially with Fiat, you know, people are behaving like we all live in our own worlds. And we do. However, there is this mass consensual reality. And now that's all very clear. There was, a, it was there was a lot more debate, you know, in the past. And, and so it's this calibrating. It's this. Yeah. It's like, you know, at the farm once a year. Uh, the county has to send in an official and they bring in, they got this little weight set and they got white gloves and they recalibrate the scales. And they literally are so precise that they make sure they don't get oil on these weights to calibrate our scale. The scale has to be calibrated to know what a pound is or what a thousand grams is. And so it's almost like our whole reality. We've been out of calibration and we've been trying to like interface with each other and share information and share value and, and exchange energy. And we haven't been able to accurately measure it.
2: How crazy is it that it's a trip? How crazy is it that me in Nebraska, right? Like I could now go anywhere in the world, Africa, South America. And if I find another Bitcoiner, two people who have never met from entirely different parts of the world, totally different cultures and experiences, but he's a Bitcoiner. So I know we both agree that this thing has value <laughs> and we can use that agreement and that understanding. To cooperate and collaborate now on anything we choose
1: yeah yeah well what's really interesting is is that if you if you two are passionate about it then that means that you fundamentally line on align in a lot of ways but let's say that you right. guys don't you're you don't get along this is an adversary you can still agree on this indisputable truth this, right they the, do the, yeah
2: and this, is, this, is, this ties back to weed, right? Like what is a, a funny example of, of a picture that you might have seen before, right? It's like the Crips and the Bloods uh, having a truce so they can buy and sell weed from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they need
2: to. You know what I mean? Like even when totally. you have an enemy, it's like, all right, we agree that this has value. We can cooperate on this <laughs> particular issue.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that that's just another really fascinating thing about the metaphysical nature of Bitcoin because you have this thing that's invisible and very hard to get from somebody then we all just kind of let people you know you they have theirs, you have yours. it frees up competition over a lot of the f- physical physicality the things that are physical in our world um, yeah it's just super fascinating, super fascinating it's a big deal
2: yeah it's it, like you said if you know if you know they value bitcoin. Then you know a whole lot more about them because what it means to value Bitcoin is it has is is like an iceberg, right? Like you understand the value of energy, you understand the value of time, you appreciate these different properties, privacy, self sovereignty. Like you know so much about them just by the fact that they have a, you know they accept Bitcoin.
1: Well, even people that don't accept Bitcoin, I know better because of Bitcoin. I just trust that they're they're they are going to serve their self-interest and they're incentivized to do so. And so, you know, I can, I can always trust somebody's ability to serve their self-interest. You know, I, I, I know that much. And I always actually think that there's a way to like structure exchanges with people where you guys are both getting, you know, an equal win, you know, it's that proverbial right.
2: win, win deal. Um, yeah. You know about yeah. You know a lot about a person, not if they're there's the Bitcoiner, but by any currency they accept or anything yeah. they accept for um, in exchange, right? Like it's almost like a flag. It's like, I know what to expect more or less if I'm, if I see a Chinese flag and I'm in China, or I know what more or less to expect if I see an American flag, Canadian flag, right? It's yeah. like, Oh, based on these are what your, your incentives are to follow based on
1: yeah and That's i even why. think about it in more even first principles just energy and energy out like no organism in our in our reality goes out into this does anything with that that won't yield energy and they have to consume something and so without bitcoin without metaphysical property you know the, the game theory is fucked and so now you have this your ability to insulate that you're insulated you can insulate yourself from perpetration and now now the path of least resistance is to co to, to negotiate to cooperate i also think that the sociopathic people i would say on average don't enjoy plunder they're just numb to it they dilute themselves and they're just willing to tolerate it i would argue that that's if they can get more without having to, to destroy everything and fuck people over, I, I would argue that they're even more predisposed to do it because they just don't give a fuck. They want to get the most. And now as a result of Bitcoin, if you want the Bitcoin, you have to mine it or you have to earn it in a fair exchange with the person who has it. So yeah, it's a... Do, do you think
0: Bitcoin sort of reveals, deal. Um, reveals this entire world? And in so doing, this world is getting this clown world is getting more and more clownish by the second
2: do you think non bitcoiners even recognize the clown world do they like or do they think it's just That's normal? a good question
1: I think that the non i think most non non bitcoiners know its clown worlds they they i think the lack of awareness of Bitcoin, it just makes it so that it's a very complicated, convoluted uh, mm-hmm. thing to put make sense of. Yeah. And then you're trying to come up with new rules, and you're it's trying to solve the problem from within the problem. You know, uh, trying to come up with new rules, we need new leaders, a new person to come and force some new rule set, some bring back some truth, some reality. There's all this. There's no there's, it's, there's no mass. It's, I, it's, it's the consensual reality. There's so much, too much distortion in the consensual reality. Everybody's living in their own little world and they're throwing their opinions out there trying to create the mass world that they think everybody else should live in. And there's just a lot of distortion and noise because there's, there's no ultimate form of law without Bitcoin. You know, it's the, it's all out of calibration. It doesn't make sense. You can't measure the deflationary forces. Everything is co-optable and corruptible. It needs to be centralized. You know, you have this issue of sovereignty. You have to pay, you know, kinetic power projectors to protect you and provide you property rights. Now, you don't need anybody to provide you property rights other than the people who are using the, the, the network. And everybody's incentivized to use the network. It just pays you to use it. It protects you to use it. It's the incentive structure. I can trust that people will always do what's going to give them the most, even if it means that they're going to do something shitty beautiful thing now is is that i know that that because everyone wants to do what they need the most for them
2: most people are
1: moral and ethical but it doesn't even matter if you are you're going to take on a bitcoin standard and that's better for everybody
2: you know and it's i sometimes i want to say to the people who listen to this interaction we just had for the past few minutes and think wow this is like a crazy cult it's (laughs) it's not it's not the a little peace orange.
1: and love cult, a freedom cult where everyone just wants everyone to be loved and have abundance and not starve and fucking die on the streets and be stolen from and it's poisoned a- too, and then fucking poisoned again I by the same to, fucking you, yeah. assholes or poison you. Mm-hmm. Fuck, dude. Yeah.
0: Poisonous food, poisonous information. Mm-hmm.
1: A little roundup on your dinner.
2: Yep. Fuck, it's not dude. the little... It's not the a little, little Gly-
1: side of glyphosate <laughs> with a bunch of lies and fear porn, everybody. Here you go. Jesus, the little Prozac because you're so fucked up over it. how shitty you feel. Sorry. The, um, fuck. Dude, no, I get yeah. Frustrated. I get frustrated, I it, man.
2: Preach, bro. Um, <laughs> I just want to say it's not the little orange coin on, on the screen that we're saying like is the truth, right? Like it's everything that it reveals when you start to study it.
1: Hold on one second.
2: Oh, no, sure. All right. Sorry
0: about that. No, I'm repeat. That Go ahead. So
2: the orange. I was coin- gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say is it's when we talk about um, there's no truth or where there's no um, rationality without Bitcoin, and it's not that this little orange logo on your on your cell phone or your computer screen that goes up and down in fiat value is the truth. It's it's everything you learn once you start to study and understand why it works. That's yeah. that's the truth. That's that grounding um, that you just, you get your conviction builds and builds the more you go down the rabbit hole.
1: Well, I think it's all predicated on consensus. It's, it's we agree. And the clown world, yes, you know, the issue agree. with the clown world is, is everybody's trying to figure out what to agree upon and they're trying to make sense of something you can't make sense it's of. It's all noise. It's like the politicians trying to make the case, trying to explain why the Keynesian model is operating the way it is. And they can't tell you the truth because then everyone's going to say, well, fuck that. Let's not do that because that doesn't work. So you can't make sense of it. And so we live in this distorted marketplace, you know, and it's the money touches everything. It's uh, we're exchange. We're using the money to, to to transfer energy. Sailor says it, you know, money is the highest form of energy. People transfer between each other, you know, Um yeah, and if the money's broken, yeah. then the signal's broken. You can't agree, and everybody's combative, combative, and fucking confused, and you don't know what.
2: If I yeah. had to, I think if I had to compress it, everything we're saying is that signal is the thing that or is anything that we can all dependably agree on at any given point in time. If you and I can agree on something in all these circumstances dependably. At any given point in time, like that, is the signal. Everything else is speculative. Everything else is uh, is not layer one, so to speak.
1: Yeah, there. I guess there is truth. It's no,
0: that's true. There is like a plethora of every every podcast I listen to. All the all the people they all agree with each other. You know, there's not many podcasts I listen to in the Bitcoin space that are sort of antagonistic, or I don't know, maybe.
1: But I can't think of any. No, it's the shitcoiners coiners against the Bitcoin That's maxis right. or That's every right. once in a while you'll have a, a gold bug. We'll do a Bitcoin debate. You know, Sailor will have to explain to some guy who's can't figure it. And you know what I think, too? Honestly, on that note, I was thinking about this today. You know what I think it is, is I think it's traumatic. I was I was thinking about Gabor Mate and his work. And I think that and what so one of the things he says is. That trauma is what happens to you as a response to something that you experience or what happens inside of you as a response to something that you experience. So you experience something traumatic and you endure trauma. And for all of known history, the physicality of property means that we're in some sense like and Saylor says this. This comes to mind. uh, History is laden or full of people who did the right thing, the moral thing, and essentially got their shit. They killed. They got killed and they had their stuff taken from them. And so I think we're all traumatized and there's this like scar tissue over this wound that creates cognitive bias, cognitive dissonance, a disbelief. You know, if I ever have debate with somebody over Bitcoin, it kind of really just stems, I would say, from disbelief of, of like, yeah, this, that's, it'll get co-opted. It can't be. It's not going to liberate us. Like I, there's actually a lot of dialogue and, and rhetoric and narrative in the Bitcoin community over is there going to be a 6102? You know a 6103 they're going to come after the bitcoin and and i a lot of i you know i respect everybody's thought process and and working it out and i think it's all you know to be determined but i just feel like that's are we the incentive is to get the bitcoin to do the right thing and and i think that that's the path of least resistance and so Yeah. I just wonder if that's like some cognitive bias that's there because of like residual trauma from the old world, from the physicality of property. And that now as time goes on, like a hundred years from now, I think people are going to be physio. Dude, we're like, I think of it in terms of epigenetics, like we're upregulating our genes because our cortisol levels are, are lower because we have this thing that you can't fuck with. If it's custodied properly, dude, I'm significantly calmer. I have less stress my physio dude your body responds to that and so in 100 years are people going to be way more positive are they going to be in these fear doom loops mentally after 100 years of there being less plunder because it's energy in energy out if you fucking kill and plunder you need to get paid to do it and if you're not getting paid because you can't get pay- people's bitcoin yeah, dude,
2: it's yeah. it's it very if you want to like narrow it down to a higher fre- or actually to a higher frequency not narrow it down um jujitsu right like when you first start jujitsu it's a combat sport it's fighting um you have to when you get good at it when your skills are enhanced essentially um your heart your heartbeat remains low you remain calm in the heat of battle right like the other person especially if they're new like they're, they're panicking they're freaking out and you can slowly dismantle them when they're in that situation but the better you are at anything right like the calmer you are so if you can be if, if totally. being calm and, and, uh, level-headed, uh, and low time preference in combat, right? Yeah. If that's beneficial, like it's, it's beneficial in every aspect of your life to be the, the calm and rational person who doesn't have to make decisions based on trauma or based on anxiety. Um, totally. It's like, you talked about like what sailor said, that people who thought they were doing the right thing, following the right incentives, you know, they were killed and their, everything was taken from them. So people yeah, have well, this those people that of trusting their into instincts. Plunder. Yeah. People trusting their instincts to do the right thing, right? Like that has gotten people killed. What they thought was the right thing. But like Bitcoin is one of those things that lets people go back to trusting their instincts and the incentives that are the most inherent and natural to them.
1: Well, coming to coming to that competitive exchange in a much more calm, rational place, like, you know, with jujitsu, it's it's the marketplace is competition. It's battle. It's fucking wars. People competing over resources and you're doing it through negotiation. And, you know, you have supply and demand dynamics. Courts, litigation. Yeah. Yeah. And so but if you're coming to it from a more calm and rational place, you know, you're going to you're going to be much more effective in competing in that realm. And so. Yeah, Bitcoin definitely enhances in that sense. It gets an enhancement for sure.
0: I have, a, I have a burning question before we wrap up.
1: Yeah, what you got?
0: I'm curious about your musical preferences.
1: Interesting. Uh, you know, recently, over the last kind of several years, I haven't been listening to very much music. Uh, I've been listening to an enormous amount of podcasts, and I listen to podcasts on 1X. And I listen to all of, you know, the people that I admire. Essentially, what I do is is like, yeah, you'll dig this. So everything Sailor's done, you know, and, and Breedlove, the Sailor series, and so many of Breedlove's conversations and Bruce, Booth's interviews, and you know, I could just go down the list. There's like. 15 20 just heavy hitters in the game that have so much content and over the last several years well first off i admire all these people and respect them tremendously for being forward thinking and progressive and figuring this stuff out and then sharing their 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 stream of consciousness with the world in the way that they have and that's been very inspirational for me and, and so I've listened to predominantly, yeah, no music. It's all, all my free time is just devouring content. And then I also do so at one X, especially the people that I consider to be like my mentors, because I get a vibrational imprint from them. I actually had a debate with somebody. Do you about like rewind sometimes
2: and listen to it over and over again? That's like a really good.
1: Point. Yeah. Well, to unpack a thought that's really deep, but I had a debate recently with somebody who was like, ah, oh, somebody, you know, so I can't listen to that. It's really slow. It's about the sailor series. And I was like, I've listened to it three fucking times on One X. And they're like, you're fucking nuts. And I'm like, well, you know, here's the deal. If you just devour this, this data, this information, I'm I'm getting a like, and this is at least what I think. It's fucking woo-woo metaphysical in its in its ways. But I feel like I'm getting more of Sailor or Breedlove signal by listening into them at 1x I'm pack, I'm 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 at the low frequency of course and I'm, I'm a yeah. yeah well I can absorb that frequency so Hell it's yeah. more information than just the words so if you distort that or speed it up and there's distortion in it and I can say that too like just my thought process yeah, like, you know, my wife and I were talking about this. We're an amalgamation or a collage of all the people that we expose ourselves to, you know. Like there's a fame the old saying like, you know, you're the you're the five people you spend the most time around. You're a product of and your so, Totally. And so for me, I expose myself all day to these fucking Bitcoin heroes of mine and I just devour all their content. So if I have free time, you know, that's what I listen to. And I and I will I, there has been a few times I put music on And you know what I'll put on is like classical music. I need it to be, you know, uh, Needs to feel good. As a matter of fact, I was in the greenhouse the other day, and somebody was working. They had some '90s alternative on, something I would have listened to when I was a kid, and it was just really grinding. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking dark in me, dude. I couldn't take it. I was like, "Oh, it's giving me a fucking headache, dude. What the hurts are off? It wasn't right. It needs to be. What does it need to be? 432, and everything's turned to 430, 428, or is it the vice versa?" uh
2: what what do you think uh i, I just wanted to mention you...
0: you should probably check out the rock paper paper bitcoin podcast because they do great little musical uh intros and outros and they're just man the content that comes out of that podcast is insanely awesome really
2: yeah really i'll exploring. check that out what, if, Thank what you. if yeah what do you think would happen if you had like an entire grow house um and you only played bitcoin podcast <laughs> to the plants 24 7 during their life do you think that that would like but what if do, do you think that what's
1: happening to the they place? would have an uh, effect? Yeah. i don't know how some dude. signal dude giving them some signal yeah you know there's Yo, uh great. there has been studies that's that show that bird wow. chirping opens the stomata on the leaves and that playing classical music has a similar physiological effect on plants right so yeah there is definitely like so people have done some work and some studies and measured the stomatal response to like giving some fucking love signal, some truth to some plants, dude. You know, yeah, I would love to grow a crop with sailor series on repeat,
2: dude. Yo, there you, is no second funny, best. Dude. There is no second best. There's no second. Sativa. Best, dude.
0: Your, your <laughs> yeah. plants are still They're Even they are absorbing the, the audio fields of the space that they're in. So if you're playing these, these podcasts, you know you're basically imprinting that information into the thing that the the product that is used at the end end of the line into the physical reality yeah. that people are going to yeah. smoke they're going to smoke
2: that smoke it's going to fucking podcast. go into their brain and they're going to they're going to start <laughs> totally. listening to Robert Breedlove just
1: like we're smoking this book well, <laughs> yeah the japanese so. water experience com- experiments come to mind though you know it's like when you freeze water that you fucking yell at It's got or played heavy metal to the water crystals are all fucked up and distorted. And so if you, you know, and like with rice, they did the rice experiment. You know, he puts rice in two jars and one he fucking tells it all day how he hates it. The other one, he tells it how much he loves it. And one lit one's thriving. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's vibrational frequency right there. And so. Yeah, I do. I'll tell you right now, like the people who are the happiest, high vibing, most solid, grounded individuals produce the most signal and they put the most love into whatever it is they're creating. And the people who who consume or, uh, you know, use whatever is produced, they feel it. There's definitely this deep relationship there. And it. yeah, and Bitcoin just it just incentivizes more of that. It really does. And hell Yeah. yeah. That's exciting, sure, Boy, Eric,
2: dude. Thank you for coming back on. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Excited. It's always fun Excited talking to you guys. To go out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Was, that, that was a fun one, man. That was
0: a fun conversation. Yeah, uh, we got stoned as shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah,
1: me too. I macked a whole fucking three, four, 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 five gram joint. <laughs> we
2: lost our dude. How am I gonna P-times? come on the high hash,
1: high hash rate fucking podcast and not smoke a fatty, dude? So. Well, 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 well. Um, yeah, I hope and, I maintained uh, enough coherence. You uh, know, oh, you did great, man.
0: dude. That was, that All right, good. Good nuggets, sir. Um, tell yeah, tell everyone. yeah. You're listeners. telling me I smoked four grams of them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, tell, tell tell everyone where to find you and and uh, what you're working on stuff like this. Uh
1: yeah, I'm on Twitter, EricVStacks, and you know I just I try to make daily, maybe five videos a week. I post just sharing some. Some thoughts on bid, Bitcoin, some more of the metaphysical nature. Uh, yeah, some of, I don't know. For me, kind of unique topics. One of the reasons actually I make the videos is because I wanted to expand my conversational reach. And I find myself thinking about some of these more abstract uh, implications of Bitcoin that aren't aren't the first thing that's discussed. And especially in sure. of the ETF and, For you sure. know, when you got this number that's shredding, it seems to get, that's what most people are focused on. So yeah, I'm on. And I think a lot of
0: a lot of people in the community are responding to that as well. You know, I think a lot of us feel that same way. We want to discuss. We want those discussions.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, literally, our 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 podcast tagline is, you know, think outside the the exchange price. Yep, (laughs) I love it. Is that our tagline? It was yeah. for a while. You may have deleted it. <laughs> oh,
1: nice, nice. Yeah, and so for me, you know, you know, sharing sharing my thoughts uh, on X, we call it X now, right? We got to sure go Twitter, away, nice. right? And, yeah, uh, sharing my thoughts on on X has been good. Led me to you guys. You know, I've been, you know, I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of responses. It's been pretty fun. Really, nice. yeah. Super pumped. Super grateful.
0: Cool. Well, yep. Thanks. Thanks again. I'll, uh, I'll cut it. Thank you again for listening to the high hash rate podcast with Dan and Mike. If you want to learn more about the podcast and see what we're up to, you can find us at highhashrate.com. Or if you just want to speak to a couple of baked IQ plebs, reach out to us at hello at highhashrate.com. Or you can reach out to us at the high hash rate handle on X. Later, everybody. Toledo!